Hey, welcome back to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we explore the feminine genius and discover what it means to embrace it in our ordinary, everyday lives as Catholic women. Do you long for freedom in your life? Have you wrestled against, or maybe you're currently wrestling, against the knots of sin and shame? I remember when I was in college, sitting in confession with our campus chaplain and just crying. I was struggling with major sins in my life, and it felt like I was not making much progress in becoming the woman that God had created me to be. And I remember distinctly saying, I am struggling. I don't have it together. But everyone thinks that I'm fine, that I'm okay, that I do have it together. And part of me doesn't want them to think that I don't. Because I wonder if anyone would be friends with me, want to be in conversation with me if they knew what I was going through. You know, it's really easy to believe the lies from the devil that are haunting our hearts as women. The lies that we are too much, that we are not enough. The lie that everyone sees our brokenness and doesn't care. Or the lie that people would run away if they knew the pain in our heart. But the Father sings truth over our stories. And he invites us to freedom. So if you've ever felt overwhelmed by shame, or you've ever been afraid of vulnerability, sister, this letter's for you. We're welcoming to the show Carrie Shoots Daunt. She is a presenter and prayer minister for the John Paul II Healing Center in Tallahassee, Florida. She developed the material for the center's Undone Women's event, and she's led women's Bible studies and presented on subjects like marriage, theology of the body, and authentic femininity for her parish and for her diocese. She lives with her husband and their eight children in Florida. Carrie, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thanks, Chloe. I'm glad to be there. Here, wherever we are. So tonight we're going to be having a conversation about some of my absolute favorite subjects, fear and shame and vulnerability and the feminine genius. But before we dive in, Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet? Mm, Absolutely. Um, So um, as you said, my name is Carrie. I've been, um, I am a daughter to our beloved father and a daughter to my parents. Um, many of you know my dad, um, Dr. Bob Schutz um, of the JP2 Healing Center, um, who um, has also published um, several books. And to my mama, um, Margie Schutz, who is now um, living out the fullness of her identity in heaven. And I am the sister to my best friend, um, Kristen Blake. And the bride of Dwayne, my wonderful husband, um, who is a saint for putting up with all of the wonderful and challenging um, dynamics of being married to um, me. And um, I'm the mother of um, eight children um, from ages three to 18, almost 19. Um, my oldest is in college now. So, um, so yeah, that's just a brief um, little overview of of who I am and my identity is um, fully blessed and I'm just so excited to be um, sharing and living in this fullness and um, diving into this topic of what it means to be a woman, especially especially today in this day and age. Um, so it's just been a joy to um, live and to talk about these things and just to be a woman. Yeah. 
I love that you have eight kids. I'm also, I'm one of eight. I'm the oldest of eight and our range is seven, seven to 25, which is me at the top. And so I just, I love hearing about families who have that kind of that similar range where it's like, there's such a beauty in having a family with, with all these little kids and, and big kids. And I love going home and kind of having conversations with middle schoolers and doing arts and crafts with second graders. And it's just, there's so, there's such a rich beauty in experiencing those seasons all together. Yeah, it is definitely fun. It's noisy and yes. a little bit chaotic, but it's, it's totally beautiful. And, you know, there's something really beautiful about toddlers and teenagers. They just, toddlers make teenagers nice. It's just such a gift. It's know? so true. It's so true. Yeah. So, Carrie, you're the author of this brand new, beautiful book called Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame, published by Ave Maria Press. And, and inside this book, there are these 15 gorgeous, raw redemptive stories from Catholic women. Can you tell about the story of the inspiration? What inspired you to write this book and, and curate these testimonies from different women in, in different seasons? And Yeah, oh, Chloe, um, this has been such a passion of mine. I mean, in my own heart, just encountering the beauty of women who would have let me pass kind of the front rooms of their proverbial houses, you know, their hearts. And, you know, so, so often, so many times we, we walk in like a house to someone's abode and we 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 see only the clean tidy parts you know <laughs> their dirty you know their junk drawers and their dirty bathrooms and their closets everything's like put away and it's out of view and when we walk away we have this sense of like gosh I don't have my stuff together like this person just is so neat and so tidy and they're all put together and and so often our hearts are that way like we we look at everyone else around us and we think they have it all together and in reality, each of us has places in our story that have, um, that where we've experienced brokenness, we've experienced pain, we've experienced fear and shame. And so many of the people we encounter have no idea that, that those, those movements are a part of our story as well. Um, and we keep them hidden from view. And so the desire for this book, um, was to be an invitation for women, everyday women like me, um, who have, you know, have my own places of, of fear and shame, um, that, that need that invitation, that nudge from a person who's willing to share. And and that person for me was, was a very dear friend who invited me into her story um, and allowed me past the front room of her proverbial house into her heart and to see that the places where she struggled. And, and in her struggles, I saw a glimpse of myself, but also a glimpse of, of the beauty of what it means to be alive. You know, just that, that each of us in some place or another have been hurt and and we can pretend that it doesn't exist, or we can walk into our stories bravely and really allow the Lord to encounter us there. That's beautiful. I love how your story speaks into this idea that vulnerability encourages vulnerability in the hearts of others, how your friend was able to be vulnerable with you in that trusted, like sacred situation, and then also how that encouraged you to become vulnerable with women in your life as well. That's just so beautiful to see kind of that, that interplay of vulnerability within each of our stories. And it's, it's, vulnerability is just pure gift. As we just did a, um Undone Women's Conference this weekend um, right outside of Charlotte. And um, I had asked a couple of the women on the presenting team, uh, just in prayer, just felt like, you know, we our, our motto is kind of vulnerability, but can we go a little bit deeper? Mm. And the breakthroughs, Chloe, just from the people just sharing their stories. I mean, it wasn't anything, you know, out of the ordinary. They just shared the deepest part of their stories. And, and the women just they could receive it so much more knowing that they weren't alone in it. And it was just, it was just the Lord working in and through 
the depths of our femininity, not just scratching the surface. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I love how you're speaking into this idea. Every single one of us has a piece of our heart that's broken. We've all struggled with sin. We all have something that we consider shameful in our lives. And it's so easy to believe this lie straight from the devil that, well, everyone has it together but me. Everyone else is doing good. Everyone else means that they're fine when they say it. When when you were curating the essays for this book, what did you learn about the beauty of vulnerability and sharing our stories as women from these women who you curated these essays from? So much. It's, you know, I've, I've had the privilege over the years, as, as you said in my quick little bio, of doing prayer ministry from women with women um, at the J2 Healing Center. And when... Um, when you have the privilege to walk into those sacred stories and to listen to their stories, the thing that, that has stood out over and over and over again is this, this echo of shame that every woman speaks is, I am the only one who's ever felt this way. Mm-hmm. And the way that the enemy wants to twist and tie and bind us in this place of isolation, which is the exact opposite of women, what we're called to do and who we are. Yeah. You know, we are made for relationships. We're made to be in communion um, with one another and and the isolation that we all experience in those places like keeps us in that place of being down so when i'm listening to these stories when i listen to these other women who share their stories and realizing that they felt so isolated in that place just the freedom to be able to share and to to be in communion with those stories and to offer them like it made me feel so much more in tune with their hearts like each story that I got as I received this was, and you know, and many of them I knew, like I, I knew that a lot of the people, the women who, who share their stories and some I didn't know um, as well. Um, and I knew that they had stories to tell, but gosh, just reading them and the vulnerability of which they shared, like my heart was just broken open. You know, it was just like this place of like deep love and deep compassion and their willingness it was just such holy ground, really, just their willingness to share their stories. With almost every one as I got them, I would just wept. And my husband would walk in and he was like, are you reading another story? I'm like, yes, it's just so good. <laughs> can you speak into how we can go about discerning as women who to trust with our stories and who to trust with our wounds or those areas that we are ashamed of in our story? And what is healthy vulnerability look like in our daily lives? This is an excellent question. It really is. Um, you know, I think sometimes we, we can like try to share too much with mm-hmm. the wrong person. And, and, you know, there has to be places and people that are safe. Um, one of the things that that I encourage women to do um, during our conferences is, as, you know, to start off in their small groups that we have during the weekend and maybe exchange numbers something that you've journeyed with someone else together. Maybe it's a small group that you have in your parish. I know we do a lot of those during Lent and Advent and all through the year, you can have the opportunity to join these small groups and have some sort of common community based idea. You know, we're, we can't jump into anything if we're not willing to jump into anything. We put ourselves out there in some regard. Um, I know I journey with, with several women over the years, but you know, currently, doing a Bible study with women, and, and there's opportunities just to kind of be in, in a common group setting, whether it be on a retreat or in a Bible study or in a small group or some sort of um, safe place where there's good boundaries and good opportunities for us to be able to learn how to take baby steps to vulnerability. But I think as we, as we continue to journey in those places, to be invitation, you know, not share everything at once, but 
but to not be afraid, you know, not just to be the person who sits and listens, which listening is fine, but, but also say, you know what, I struggle with that too. And just those little yeses along the way as we're walking in community will allow us to go deeper um, and, and allow ourselves to feel safe in those places. Um, and, you know, some of us have that naturally with siblings, but, but others of us have to be intentional about looking for it, looking for opportunities um, to walk into deeper community with other women. And then as that unfolds, then our hearts can begin to unfold in those places. No, oh, that's so good. I've been listening to a lot of um, resources from the Gottman Institute and Dr. John Gottman and his work on relationships. And he's been talking mm-hmm. a lot about this idea that trust is built in the small moments where we kind of think that, oh, to trust somebody with with my story or with the parts that I that I don't like to share, there has to be this huge moment of trust where they prove themselves worthy. But really that trust is built in these small moments I love you spoken to that so beautifully that it's this me too that I know I know that struggle as well and I love how you say it's not it's not that you have to share everything all at once it's this this build up and building a relationship and building that environment where you can be vulnerable and you know it's safe because you trust this person yes yeah and you know there's no guarantees with it either I mean like I'd like to say it's all roses you know that every person I've ever opened my heart to and has has been invitation and been vulnerable that they've completely received me like Mm -hmm. there there is a reality to like it may not be received but it's been my experience as well that even there are even though there are those that will reject it and can't receive it fully there are so many that need it desperately and that what the enemy would like us to believe is that our story is insignificant, it's not important, or that maybe we're too much or not enough, when in reality it may be the fourth person who hears your story that it touches very deeply and that God needed you to continue to put yourself out there. Um, but he also, you know, God also calls us to wholeness in those places too. So if there's places that maybe it hasn't been touched, you know, like there are opportunities to continue to offer that to him in prayer and ask him. And and listen to those nudgings where he's asking us and showing us the people. I had someone share that really recently. It was so beautiful. Like, Lord, show me who the people you want me to be in community with. Mm. And I'll allow him to, like, speak that. Maybe it's someone out of your comfort zone, or maybe it's someone who's living right next door that you didn't know also needed um, to walk in community with. Yeah, I had that unexpected uh, invitation from a neighbor who was like, let's take a walk. And we just started to walk, and the Lord was like, share your heart with her. And I did, and then she shared her heart with me, and, like, we have this beautiful communion, and it, it was completely unexpected, but it was just opening up to that that invitation from him, who is he calling us to. And it may not be the person we've been walking with for the past however many years. It may be someone new. Yeah, and the courage that it takes to respond to that nudge, because it would be so easy to oh. say, no, Lord, uh-uh, not this person, right? not now. Yes. I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, right. You know, sin, sin and shame. It's something that every one of us experiences, whether we're men or we're women. But what are some ways that you've seen in your work and in your ministry, women uniquely wrestling with shame and fear when they encounter these things with their feminine heart? How, how do we wrestle with this specifically as women? I think as women, like I was stating earlier, like we have this desire, this deep desire. It's just intrinsically who we are. You know, God made Eve to be relational, right? Mm-hmm. And Mary's, yes, it was so relational. It was mm-hmm. this openness to her motherhood and to the beauty of, of, of who she was and who she was called to be. But like so often as women, I think the fear and shame comes in isolation. It comes in places where we find ourselves alone 
and in that place of isolation, um, we just, we don't have peace about who we are and we wrestle in the places of shame. And so, you know, I, I think about Mary often, I think about, um, and reflect on that second joyful mystery of her, uh, in the visitation yeah. and how, as women were called to be in relationship with people. And so shame can't fester when it's brought into the light. Mm-hmm. It can't, it can't fester when, when we're um, walking and living like, you know, I said before, and I'm, it, it may sound redundant, but it's so true. Like mm-hmm. we need to be able to speak these things and whether it, it be in with, with in counseling or in spiritual direction or in confession, like the more things stay hidden inside of us, the harder it is to be able to, untie those knots that keep us tangled with shame um, that they really have to be brought into the light i love reflecting on eve and mary and their stories and how they mirror each other and looking at eve and this desire to kind of control her story or say mm-hmm. you know believe the lies that the devil speaks into her story and buy into those and then you have mary this beautiful example of receptivity and this openness to what god has and this she's rooted in her identity as the beloved and how that that changes the way that she interacts with what the lord says about her story and the truth that he speaks over her and it's just i i have never thought of this this idea of the isolation factor of shame just being something that grates against who we are as women and this idea that we are communal um, and that we desire to be in relationship with others. That is so beautiful. That is such a great point. That's such an easy temptation too. I think for all of us, you know, you have a hard day in a community and you're like, I am done. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to trust my heart. I'm not going to walk back into this. And how often he does that, even in our own family life, you know, like our children reject us. Okay. I'm going to pull my heart back here. And, and, you know, there's a certain amount of wisdom of not, like, you know, giving your pearls to swine, but there's also a place of, like, all right, well, if I'm isolating myself, can I live in relationship? If I'm protecting my heart, can I love? Right. And to the beauty of seeing the Lord and his interaction with us as his daughters, as his brides, to be able to see him, like, I rejected the Lord so many times in my life and how he lovingly continues to be vulnerable with me. And and there's, again, this is like wrapped in a conversation of healthy vulnerability and sharing in safe places with people who recognize your story as sacred, but just how the Lord is so vulnerable with us and encouraging this in our own stories too. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I tell this story often. Um, when I'm at the conferences, I was, I was leaving for one of my first times away and it's really hard to leave it's really hard to leave and it's just you know that constant tension and um one of my children um you know teenager was ready to go to school and i went back to get something as i was packing up and he was already in his car and i followed him out there and i was like hey you remember i'm leaving out of town for a couple of days i wanted to say goodbye uh-huh. and he was like yeah i know and he Oh, rolled up the window and oh, pulled out of the driveway no. and my heart oh my heart I was just like gosh I just love him so much but you know when they get to that age they don't need you as much as you want them to need you and and, and it's you know right and proper but there's this longing and this desire like to be close to him and to pursue him and to follow him out into the driveway we even follow him to school and it's like I'm leaving say goodbye to me you know right right and it's totally dramatic but I got to the conference and I was at mass and the Lord started speaking to me about this and I like was like, Lord, like, what is this? And he was like, this is how I long for you. This is how I long for all of my children. Like, like, you know, the, the lost sheep, you know, I, I will leave the 99 to find the one. It's like when we're stray, he just desires to be close to us. 
and, and not in any unhealthy way, like just because he loves us and he wants to fight for us and he wants to come for us. And wouldn't you know, Chloe, like I, the mask get to the gospel. I hadn't looked at it for the day and that was the gospel. Oh my and gosh. Like, he just, Jesus. he wants us to know that we are the one, each one of us, you know, he just desires us so deeply. You know, in your book, Carrie, you speak into this so beautifully. I love how this book is organized into the identities of women as daughters and sisters and brides and mothers and how the Lord interacts with us and our stories in each of those seasons and in each of those identities. And one of my favorite sections in this book is brides and how it speaks into, you know, whether or not a woman's married, she's a bride to Christ, who's this eternal, the eternal bridegroom. What are some ways that you've seen women encounter fear and shame in this specific identity as bride? We've kind of talked about mothers and daughters, but in this, in this identity as bride, how can listeners strive for wholeness and healing in this specific area of their lives? That's a, that's another really good question. So I think, you know, we have talked about daughters and sisters. I, you know, it's so often when we deal with our own identity of the bride, so much of our identity comes from what we experienced with the marriages within our lives, mm-hmm. you know, things that, that we encountered. Um, and so whether it be divorce or hurt or mistrust in those areas that we experienced as daughters, so often um, it's something that we take into our own marriages. Um, so I think in order for us to be able to have wholeness and healing as we walk into our relationship with our spouses, sometimes we have to go and dig a little deeper into those darker, more cobweb-infested closets mm-hmm. <laughs> in the back of our hearts to ask, oh, Lord, like, really, like, where does this come from? Where is this this fear and this shame? Is it, is it rooted here in this relationship, or is there something I brought into this relationship with me? Or is it something that my spouse brought in their relationship or most likely both of us? Um, because I, I think, you know, we walk into this idea of marriage, especially in today's culture. I know when I got married, I just couldn't wait to get married. Like I just kept thinking like the wedding, you know, and so often we think about the wedding and not the marriage. Like what does this really mean? <laughs> what am I getting myself into here? Um, but, but like I think in order to walk into that place, um, we have to address the shame that we may have experienced in, a, in an earlier stage. And of course, those things happen in our marriages, you know, because we each bring stuff into them, places where we, we rub up against each other in the wrong way mm-hmm. and, and tap into our own places um, of that. But I I do think um, that that it is so imperative if we're to love well um, and to be the bride that we're called to be, whether it be in our marriages or in our communion with Christ, that, that we continue to seek and encounter our own wholeness and healing mm-hmm. so that we can love well. And two, that each of these identities, they don't exist in a vacuum. It's not like, well, over in this area of my life, I'm a daughter, and that right. doesn't affect how, I mean, <laughs> right. sometimes I wish it was. That would make it a lot, a lot easier to kind of sort through and heal from, but they're just so intertwined that, yeah. And I love this idea, too, that... I remember going through marriage prep with my husband, Joseph, or my not my soon-to-be husband, Joseph, at that season, and sorting through things like family of origin and, and ways that my family has influenced, whether consciously or, or subconsciously, my, the way that I think about marriage and the way that I think about family and how to family of origin influences the way that I see Christ or in that relationship with him, too. And so just thinking both of those families of origin impact all of these relationships and how how beautiful and hard and courageous mm. and good it is to to dig back into these things where it would be so much easier to just shut the door on those the, the past and say, no, I'm not going to look at that. I don't want that. 
um, to go through that again or to dig through that again, but then how much beauty can come from healing that, that is also, you know, flows into all of those different areas of our lives as we repair and sort through the shame surrounding one specific identity. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like anything else, like we have to get to the brokenness of the cross before we can get to the redemption, the resurrection, you know, like, Oh, it's not the fun part, but gosh, it's, Oh, happy fault. Uh Carrie, the title of your book speaks into this. Uh, next question, and I love this, the reading Our Lady's Role in Your Story, especially under this title, Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Can you speak into how Mary has journeyed alongside you, both in your own story as you journey to authenticity and becoming the daughter and the woman that God has created you to be, but also as uh, in your ministry as you've journeyed alongside other women who are striving for that same healing? Yeah, yeah. She's such a good mama. <laughs> she is. She is such a good mama, and she knows what we need before we knew it. And like for me, I think there were many steps along the way. I think it was beginning at, um, you know, just to be intentional about praying. At least a decade of the rosary. I know when my my kids were really little. Like sometimes I could get through three Hail Marys, and then I would fall asleep if I was quiet or sit still that long. But but just um, but really like drawing close to her. Um, but doing a Marian consecration, I mean, I, I think that is just such a wonderful step in, in that direction of allowing her to love us daughters and, mm-hmm. and she being our mama. Um, but years ago, I think this was the most impactful. Um, I was just starting on my journey in this idea of authentic femininity as a young, young mom. And um, I remember reading in these child development books about how for the first three years of your life um, that you you really, a baby doesn't know how they exist apart from their mother. Mm. Like if there's, there's this, this wholly healthy attachment that happens between them that like, they're super sad, you know, when their mom's not there because they really think that they're a part of them. And I, I have a sense of like Mary inviting me, uh, inviting all of us in this place to allow ourselves that three years where we just steep in her goodness. Like, allow her to nurture us, allow her to love us in those places and really be intentional about it. And it may be a figurative three years, but like this time where we grow in this healthy, good attachment so that as children, you know, when you're, when they're um, past that age, they become these confident, holy and healthy children and then adults because they've had this, this proper attachment. And like, I think she desires that for each of us, like desires that, that sweet, simple time with, and allowing ourselves to know who we are and identity as beloved daughters of God the Father um, through her maternal heart. And um, in that deeply rooted place, we're then called to live in our own authentic motherhood, you know, and and our spiritual motherhood of giving and loving and offering um, the good holy things that she's, she's shown us. That's so good. I love this idea of steeping with Our Lady, just being in her presence and letting her love on us and, and find, uh, let her lead us back to Jesus and remind us of who we, who we are and who he's created us to be. That is beautiful. We've been having this conversation tonight and we are just scratching the surface of, of the beauty that is in this book. <laughs> it is so rich. I've been sitting with it this Lent and it is so rich and good for listeners. Mm-hmm. Can, where can they find a copy of Undone? Um, a couple of several different places actually, but, um, we sell it at our, at, at um, JPII healing center.org, mm-hmm. or you could get it at Amazon. Um, make sure I will send 
a little note to uh, your listeners here because um, there are several things that come up on Amazon. Amazon, when you put in undone, and some of them are less chased. Than oh, others. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's been hit enough times where it's, it's coming up at least as an option, but it is undone freeing your feminine heart. Yes. Um, so that might be helpful or, or even like you could put um, daunt and undone and it will come up. Um, but yeah, just for a warning for, you know, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the potential for what else you could get. Um, but, but yeah, it is, it is also available on Amazon. You can get it at um, Barnes and Nobles and lots of Catholic bookstores are carrying. I'm hearing from all sorts of um, different Catholic bookstores across the nation that are excited um, to be selling it. Um, so, yeah, so it's available in a lot of different options, a lot of different places. But if you want to support the ministry, our, our healing ministry, um, that's one way you can do it is to order it through through jpiihealingcenter.org. Carrie, the one question that I ask women who come on Letters to Women as we explore and embrace what it means to to live this feminine genius in our own daily life is, is this question. Carrie, how do you embrace the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's passionate about helping other women find freedom from the knots of fear and shame in their heart? Yeah, um, but beyond my, my primary vocation, of course, as, as a wife and mother, um, I mentioned before I help facilitate women's conferences under the same title, Undone, different subtitle. Uh, it's called Freedom for the Feminine Heart. Um, and in and, and these conferences, um, some of the things that are in the book, like the prayer experiences, um, you know, I don't think I mentioned that yet, but it's the with each identity, the book is broken down into these four identities of daughter, sister, bride, and mother, and and interspersed between each of them are these contemplative prayers. Chances to go deeper within our own identities, so it's kind of like a healing retreat um, um, inside the book. Um, But in addition to that, in our conferences, we we pray some of these prayers, and we walk into some of these places of identity, but it's really an an unfolding, um, the weekend is an unfolding of, of, of our deep um, understanding of who we are and who we were created to be as women. Um, it's a little theology of the body um, mixed with, um, you know, a lot of his wonderful letters on the dignity of vocation of women yeah. and on his letter to women. Um, uh, so John Paul II is so near and dear to all of all this teaching and to this book and to this ideas about who we are and who we were created as women. Um, but, it, you know, my desire and my passion is to see women living fully in who they are created to be as women, um, and just to continue to proclaim the truth of, of the goodness of our femininity. So much of our culture today is, is just speaking lies, um, distorting who we are and who we were created to be. And, and so um, our conferences that we do um, all around the country are just opportunities for um, a real encounter with this truth um, through this teaching, but also through these amazing prayer experiences. And through these good and holy priests, we have just met so many amazing good and holy priests who are walking with us as fathers, um, allowing us to be our daughters over the weekend. That is just, oh, it's just been pure gift to see the healing that has taken place and the goodness that God wants to continue to do uh, just with our little yeses. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a mom of eight and sometimes things are crazy and it's just this little offering, but he just, he wants to work in every one of our little offerings. Mm, that's beautiful. Carrie, thanks so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story and just having a beautiful conversation. And thanks so much for this beautiful resource to help women just become fully alive, fully who the, who the Lord has created them to be with this, be- this beautiful book. No, oh, it was my joy. It's great to talk to you. I'm excited. Like it's, 
I love that you're the oldest of eight. That's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for your podcast. You what a great, wonderful opportunity to hear different women's voices. It's so needed. So thank you for sharing your gifts and your heart. Hey, thanks for listening. Head over to oldfashionedgirlblog.com for links to Carrie's work at the John Paul II Healing Center and a link to her book, Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame. If you have a spare minute, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that more women can find these conversations and share this episode with a friend who's journeyed with you through the knots of fear and shame in your own life. Tune in in a few weeks to a conversation about the feminine genius, sacred art, and how beauty speaks to our hearts. And that is all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.